What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Friday, April 14th, 2023. And tonight we're talking about a Cardinals loss. Uh, one that I really did not expect to be talking about. I thought the Cardinals would win this game. Point blank. I thought the matchup favored them. I thought you'd see a good outing from Jordan Montgomery, the Cardinals starter tonight. I thought with Vince Velasquez on the other side, that would be an opportunity for the Cardinals bats to get going and maybe continue a little bit of the momentum that they found in the late stages of the Colorado Rockies series in Denver. Um, Didn't happen. Did not happen. And I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter so far tonight about how well the Cardinals hit the ball hard, hit into some bad luck, hit the ball anywhere in the general vicinity of G1 Bay, the Pirates center fielder who had a couple of really nice catches tonight, uh, one up against the wall. I, It was just one of those nights. I get it. I counted up the exit velocities. The Cardinals had eight batted balls at 99 miles per hour or better, only ended up with six hits on the game. But listen, I get it. There's always going to be a reason. But if you are shut out in a game started by Vince Velasquez in the major leagues in 2023, you have to answer for that, right? Like, that's not, that isn't something that I think, and I'm not trying to totally rag on Vince Velasquez. I guess I sort of am. But that's something that coming into a game, you know who's on the other side. His ERA was 9.82 coming into tonight, guys. Like, it is what it is. You can, there are times where you can credit the opposing starting pitcher and say, wow, he really just had a great game plan. That's a great pitcher on the other side. Tip your cap. There are times when you can do that. If you're doing that to Vince Velasquez in 2023, that's fine. You can you can do that. And I didn't see the post game from Ali Marmel. Uh, this is the, the first Cardinals home game that I did not go and cover. Um, full disclosure, had my uh, position round of my uh, bowling league tonight. One of those deals. Wasn't going to miss it. And was not at Bush Stadium. But I was watching the game. And I say all this to say I don't know what Ollie Marmel said about the performance or what his guys saw from Velasquez tonight. But I'm just going to tell you. You get shut out by Velasquez. That's no more needs to be said. There's no excuse. There's no. It's a bad night. It's a bad game and a bad loss for the Cardinals. They lose it 5 nothing to the Pirates at Bush Stadium. And uh, we'll break it down here on B-Shape Daily. Let me know what you'd like to see from this podcast. Um, on a night like tonight, there's not really a lot for me to say, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to break down the game, talk about where things are. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for all the audio pleasures of B-Shape Daily. And guys, check out the YouTube. I would love to get to 300 YouTube subscribers before the end of the weekend. That would be awesome considering that uh, we could go at this time. I wasn't even at uh, 100. I wasn't even at 70 subscribers over on YouTube. So you're doing it. You might think, ah, I'm one person. What's it matter? No, for real. You make a difference. And I notice it. And it really does help to show that uh, as a community, y'all Cardinals fans can uh, can help me out. And if you like the content, great. If you don't, I'm at bshafer12 on Twitter. Tell me what kind of content I should be doing. That'll make you like it a little bit more. That's my goal to uh, make sure Cardinals fans are getting what they need out of this 2023 baseball season. And listen, here's the one thing I can't do. Cannot control the record of the team. Thought this would be a team that uh, would be 
not only contending for the NL Central, but probably winning it. I still think they do. But it hasn't been maybe the most auspicious uh, start for the team that we thought it would be tonight. 5 nothing. Pirates get the win. Now, keep this in mind, too. You might be saying, oh, man, the Cardinals losing to the Pirates. How embarrassing. Pirates are 8-5. and five, The Cardinals are 5-8. and eight. You do that math. Pittsburgh is three games up on St. Louis in the NL Central as of right now. So it's not automatic that the Cardinals are going to have this great fairy tale season. And I think Cardinals fans at this point, either they know that or they have actually gone so far overboard in uh, claiming that it's going to be an awful season that maybe they've taken it a little bit too far. But if you're a Cardinals fan out there that you're frustrated, I understand that. I get that because, like I said, 5 nothing tonight to the Pirates on Thursday night at Bush shouldn't have happened. You'd like to see more uh, more thump, more oomph, more gumption from the St. Louis lineup that only mustered six hits in this game against Pittsburgh. And again, there were some batted balls that were hit hard. That didn't go the Cardinals' way. They found a glove. The, the two catches made by uh, by Bay were really good. He's a good center fielder. I don't know what he can do offensively. He's one for four tonight, hitting 230 on the season. Um, but certainly not going to question his uh, ability in center field as a defender as he comes up with a couple of dandies tonight for the Pirates. But let's be honest, none of those plays were going to make the difference. I've been talking to a couple of different Cardinals fans. My guy Trevor said, hey, I mean, the Cardinals were, you know, whatever he said, seven feet away from having – Six combined runs and homers. I don't know if that's actually true. They had several hit to the wall. Obviously, the catch made by Bay. There were several big-time swings that ball didn't carry for the Cardinals, and somehow they did for the Pirates. The the Pirates had the back-to-back home runs going down there in, I think it was the eighth inning of this game, where Hennessy's Cabrera gives up a couple in a row. I got to say, the swing that Castro had on the second of those two home runs, I have never seen a more nondescript swing at Bush Stadium. Leave the yard the way that did for Castro. Pitch that was not a bad pitch off the plate, just on the edge of the strike zone. He pulls it. It was an outside pitch that he pulls into right, or pardon me, left center field for a home run. No idea how that happens. Um, so, yeah, there are, there are some frustrations there where it's just one of those things. Like, you, you watch enough baseball games, you're going to see things that you go, oh, that's not supposed to happen. Maybe I shouldn't read into that and allow it to dictate my mood as a Cardinals fan because it's just one of those things. But the Pirates beating the Cardinals 5 nothing. like if you were upset at the end of this game, don't blame you. Don't blame you because the offense is supposed to be the thing that carries the Cardinals this season. You come up with six hits, three walks, 19 left on base. And again, the left on base tally, I'm using MLB. I wish they did it differently. I think it's a dumb stat. But each individual that comes to the plate, if you've got two men on and you make an out, that's two left on base. That's the way they tabulate it. I can't control it. I'm just telling you like it is. Nolan Gorman had uh, kind of the roughest of nights in that regard, 0 for 3. Had a big opportunity late in the game, was not able to come through. Five left on base by him specifically. Uh, Everybody in the lineup, though, had at least one left on base. Uh, The uh, hit streak comes to an end for Jordan Walker. Goes 0 for 4 with a couple of strikeouts in this game. The Cardinals struck out 10 times tonight. You had some base hits. You had six of them. Scattered them, though. Uh, Good to see Brennan Donovan getting back into the the swing of things with a couple of knocks tonight. Burleson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, all with hits. Contreras didn't get one, but he reached base via walk a couple of times. 
Uh, Gorman at least was able to do that. And one base hit for Tyler O'Neill, and that is it. That is all she wrote from the Cardinals offense tonight. And again, the guy that they faced, which is not to say that this is a bash Vince Velasquez podcast, but his ERA was 9.82. And uh, I get that that's only after two outings. So it's like, okay. And uh, coming into the game, I did recognize that Velasquez had very good numbers, in particular against Nolan Arenado, which, you know, that doesn't really make sense, but it's what they were. So maybe you didn't expect a huge game out of Nolan. Sorry, he had a nice play defensively. Good catch early on. Get the Cardinals out of a jam in this game. But offensively, not a lot to show for it for the Cardinals in this game. Let's just go over it. Last year, 4.78 ERA for Velasquez in 75 innings. In 2021, ERA was over 6 in 94 innings. Go back to the COVID year, 2020, 5.56 ERA in a small sample. 491, 485, 513. 412-437. We have reached the beginning of Velasquez's career. Uh, he has not ever, double-checking this real quick, he has not ever had an ERA below four. Veteran pitcher, he's hung around for almost a decade in big league baseball. Good for him. Cardinals should have done more against him tonight. Six strikeouts, three hits allowed, and six shutout innings for Velasquez. That's not. This is not a case where I go, yeah, got to tip your cap to the pitcher. Nope. Cardinals, uh, yeah, they let some opportunities slip away. Like, there are times where you just face an ace that you go, yeah, if that guy's on his game, there's not much you can do. I thought the Cardinals, they could have afforded to take some better at-bats tonight. Now, I'm going to say that, and that's going to sound critical, and people are going to say, oh, finally, Brendan Schaefer's talking critical about the Cardinals. But they had one comment tonight on Twitter that was funny. I laughed out loud at it. I, rep- uh, I replied with the little, uh, what do you call it? like the skull emoji, which I think the young kids use nowadays to be like, oh, man, you got me there. Like, that's quality stuff. That's funny. And I, I think I should probably look it up, actually, look up the, the tweet so I don't paraphrase it because it was that good. Uh, so give me a moment. I'm going to do so on my phone. And, like, I try to be objective as much as I can here. And I guess there are times where I'm, I'm sure I fall short. Sometimes you y'all might think I'm a little bit too hard on the Cardinals. Yeah, maybe not. Most of the time, though, I think you're going to say, oh, man, if things are going bad, Brendan, why are you talking as though the sky is not falling? Clearly it is. Look around you. It's falling. And sometimes I'm not so quick to jump into that mode because I feel like, hey, 162-game season, long way to go. Maybe things are not as bad as they th- uh, as they seem. But tonight I did. I made the mistake of kind of uh, – getting in the weeds a little bit, and admitting that maybe the Cardinals should have done more against Vince Velasquez. I tweeted, casually getting goosed by checks notes. Yeah, Vince Velasquez on a Thursday night. Not great. And my guy Connor replied, and you'll go on your YouTube live and say you're not worried. LMAO. That was funny, Connor. I had to shout that out specifically because that was funny. Listen, here's my thing. Am I worried about the Cardinals? Nope, still not still not worried. Uh, should I be? Should I at least be acknowledging that things have not gone as smoothly as uh, one might have expected through a couple of weeks through the season? Hey, I'll do that. Thursday, two weeks ago, was opening day. Tonight, now it's been a, a full two weeks, and you lose 5 nothing to the Pirates to drop to 5-8. and eight. That's not good. It should be better than that for what we expected of the Cardinals this season. But if you're asking if I'm worried yet... 
I'm not. Even as a result of this game, like it was a bad result. I think we should be able to call out bad results without having it become an indictment of the team or the six-month season at large. And that's a, that's difficult because we live day to day. We're watching this team every single day, and people want immediacy. They want to know, hey, the Cardinals are fine or the Cardinals are trash. They have one opinion or the other, and believe it or not, it probably changes by the day. Cardinals could win 90 games. You know what would happen if they won 90 games? What would that mean? Well, they would lose 72 games. 162. You do that math. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So, of course, right now where the Cardinals are 5-8, and eight, three games below 500, the Pirates are 8-5, and five. people out there are going to be like, Cardinals are trash. Clearly, this is a lost season. It wouldn't take much, though, for things to turn around. Yes, I thought today would be part of the contributing factor toward that happening. I thought the Cardinals would win. I thought it would be a relatively easy win, given the pitching matchup. I thought Jordan Montgomery would have a pretty good game. Guess what? Turns out, he honestly did. Montgomery looked good. He falls to 2-1. and one. I don't think that's something that he necessarily deserved. The result was not in his favor. Uh, but I got to say, on the big show this afternoon on KTGR, I nailed that. Six and a third innings pitched, two runs. I think that's specifically the exact game line that I called for him. Uh, my only mistake was saying six strikeouts. Uh, he only got five. But the ERA at 2.45 on the season. He gave the Cardinals every opportunity to win. He was pitching around more traffic than I thought he would. Um, had more base runners around than I maybe expected. With a couple of walks and six hits, that's eight base runners in, in fewer than seven innings. But a fine enough outing by Montgomery. And again, if, if Jordan Montgomery in your head is your number three for the Cardinals, which I think before the season most would have had Miles Michaelis above him, now maybe not so much because Miles has really struggled. Uh, but if he's one of your middle rotation guys, the numbers that Jordan Montgomery has put up so far this season, you should be encouraged. And the reason I bring that up so specifically is because I know that Cardinals fans are worried about the rotation. All right, he's in the rotation. He looks good. Can we admit that? He looks good. Six and a third, two runs, two quality starts in a row. I believe he's the only Cardinal that's had a quality start this year. Jack Flaherty, I thought, looked really, really good on Wednesday, but... That was not a quality start. Five and a third, gave up a couple of runs. I think it was one earned, one unearned. But still, you got to go six to make it a quality start. I thought Flaherty's looked good. Even with the couple of uh, outings where he walked so many guys to begin with, he looked like he fixed that a little bit in the last outing. Much better command, much higher rate of strikes thrown. And then you add that to Jordan Montgomery. Those two guys, I think you're fine. That's 40%, though, of your rotation. Got to figure it out for Matt's. Got to figure it out for... Miles Michaelis, and for Friday's starter, Jake Woodford. Those are things that do have to be figured out, leveled out, fixed to some extent, and right now it hasn't happened yet, so people are concerned. But I didn't think the offense would be an area of concern the way that it has through a couple of weeks, and maybe I am naive. Uh, it wasn't like a Jeff Albert thing. I know a lot of people are wanting to say, see, Jeff Albert, man, this guy was the problem. The Cardinals are going to soar this year offensively. Well, 
No, we're seeing the same stuff that we've seen, right? We're seeing some really good games, some in, inconsistent games, games where they do not perform up to the expectations. I don't think it's a Jeff Albert problem. I don't think it's a Turner Ward problem. I think the individual guys in the lineup need to find ways to be more consistent. I still think at the end of the year, you could find that this is one of the top offenses in MLB, but too many games like this, you won't really worry about what the number of runs scored was over 162. I could end up telling you, hey, they finished third in the in the NL or in MLB even in runs scored. That's great. But you go, okay, how many times did they get shut out? How many times did they score one run, two runs? Did they completely just look dormant at the plate? Because tonight they were dormant. And it's all relative. You might have a game against Max Scherzer where you score no runs and go, well, guys, that's Max Scherzer. But I think when it happens against Vince Velasquez, you take notice because that's a problem. It shouldn't take place. So be critical of the Cardinals offense tonight. Cardinals fans, you should be allowed to do that. Nobody should tell you that you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Nobody should say, oh, calm down. It's early. No, this this was a bad game. They had a bad night at the ballpark. Don't let anybody tell you different. It sucked. They, they did not perform. In particular, I'm looking at some of the guys with runners in scoring position that didn't get it done. Gorman, obvious. He's had a really good year, though. You're probably going to lay off him a little bit. Tyler O'Neill, a couple of strikeouts and three left on base. Jordan Walker, again, coming off of a 12-game hit streak. You're not going to ride Jordan Walker that hard. One guy that has been ridden a little bit hard among Cardinals Nation, and I want to kind of talk about it because I want to, want to share my thoughts on uh, the level of, I guess, fairness that I that I see in this situation. Man, it's Wilson Contreras. Um, it has not been good offensively. Now, his, his batting average tonight for the season goes down to 171 because he went 0 for 2. Do give him credit, though. He reached base a couple of times and, for whatever reason, decided to steal third base, and it worked. That was, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then he was, like, sticking out his tongue after he did it. Good for him. Like, the Cardinals should be stealing more bases. He's maybe not the guy I would call upon to do it, but he he tried it tonight, and it worked. Was able to, to reach base safely. They didn't challenge it. Uh, looked pretty close to third. But he's 7 for 41. He's hitting 171 with a 260 on base and a 456 OPS. The Cardinals brought in Wilson Contreras and paid him 80-some-odd million over the next five years. Because why? Because they needed production at the catcher position offensively. Offensively, they needed to improve at catcher. So far, no good. Again, he's been he's been terrible. 7 for 41 is terrible. No home runs. Had the stolen base, but he's hitting 170 with no power to speak of. Is it going to continue? Probably not. It shouldn't. His career norms suggest it's not even remotely close to what he's capable of doing. I don't care what ballpark he's in. He should end up much better. But I do think Ollie Marmel needs to be willing to change him out of the number five hole at some point. He may not be a five hitter. When he signed him, he might not have been a five hitter. They said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go with Goldie. Okay, great. MVP. Arenado. Great. He finished third the MVP. Contreras. Well, all right. I mean, I, I was willing to let it play out. But here we are. We're watching it play out. I think he's stressing a little bit. I think he's pressing a little bit. I think there is maybe an element to this that a lot of Cardinals fans did point out on Twitter tonight. Could he be hurt? Is it possible that the knee is still bothering him and he he rushed back and has not been able to fully heal? If the Cardinals had a more capable produ- uh, production level from the backup catcher, would that maybe be a different situation that they could allow him to have some time to rest? I don't know either of those things. Maybe nobody does. Maybe it gets talked about. Maybe Wilson Contreras mentions it. Maybe the Cardinals mention it. Maybe they say, 
hey, you know, this has been going on with Wilson, whatever. I At this point, though, we're just looking at the numbers, and the numbers aren't great. So for the Cardinals, they signed him to be an offensive producer at catcher. They think his defense can be good. He has put the work in to be sure. He has done everything that he could, going back to spring training to learn the pitching staff. It's an important aspect of this. I think he's put the time in, the work in. Offensively, it's not there yet. Cardinals needed to be. But we got to talk about defensively, too, because there was a, a play tonight on the, uh, the fifth run scored, I believe it was, Chris Stratton on the mound. A little bit of a slider, breaking ball, low and in. Originally, it was called a pass ball. Runner scores from third, makes it 5 nothing. I think, at the time. They changed it shortly thereafter to a wild pitch. Wasn't a wild pitch. Contreras, you got to catch that ball, man. And especially when the offense is ailing a little bit. And he walked twice, so I don't want to rail him too hard. He reached base two times tonight. So that is something to keep note of. With a 171 average, no power to speak of just yet. That You didn't like seeing that. And it did not cost the Cardinals the game. What do they lose? 4 nothing, 5 nothing. What difference does it make? It doesn't make a difference. But there could come a time where it does. And I thought that was a play by Contreras that has to be made. They called it a wild pitch. Little ballpark politics going on, whatever. I'm not even going to get into it. It doesn't matter. I don't think they needed to change that from a pass ball to a wild pitch. I think that's a – I don't even think he spiked it. I think if Contreras just gets into position and catches it, he might catch it on the fly. If not, he blocks it. That's fine. He wasn't in position. It was a bad play about the catcher. Here's what I want you to hear me say, though. The Cardinals have made some bad plays, whether it's defensive base running, taking bad at-bats that aren't up to their caliber. All of those things have happened over the past week, and probably the majority of them, if not all of them, happened tonight within the Cardinals game, 5 nothing loss to the Pirates. But that's okay. We can be critical about a game and not automatically declare that it's what this team is. I do not think it's what this team is. Going back to Connor's comment, yeah, I'm going to go on YouTube and say, I'm not worried. Because I'm not about this team. Will there come a point where this sort of play raises uh, alarm bells a little bit? Yes, there will come that point. Has it happened yet? For me, personally, no. Does it make me a big, dumb homer? It might. But I like to think I'm pretty objective about things. Like, I don't have the emotional stake in it the way Cardinals fans do. I don't know if you like that about me, if you dislike that about me. I could really get into the nitty-gritty and explain to you why that has been. But covering the team as a writer since 2016 has completely changed my perspective. I like for the Cardinals to do well. It's good for business if they do well. And it's good to see the players that you get a chance to interact with thrive and succeed. I wouldn't I wouldn't root against the Cardinals. I'd love for them to do well. But right now we're just watching what's unfolding on the field, and they're struggling a little bit. Now, does it have to be some grand indictment of the team? I don't think so. I think if you look one through nine, this lineup on paper – is potent. I think it will have an opportunity over the next 148 games or whatever's left, 149 games, to be potent and to show that on a daily basis. I made the case earlier today on Twitter that, well, Jordan Walker's batting eighth. A lot of Cardinals fans think, well, maybe he could move up. Some say, hey, he was on the hitting streak. Let it be. Let him let him stay at the bottom, and, and maybe that's where he's comfortable. Obviously, the hitting streak now comes to an end. 
But you look at six, seven, eight in the order is the point I was trying to make earlier today on social media. I, I tweeted this out at B Schaefer 12. I said, I'm looking at Gorman, O'Neill, and Walker thinking if those guys are all all right, all healthy, is that the best six, seven, eight in a batting order? Like a standard six, seven, eight, because we've seen that sort of alignment several times. Is that the best in baseball? Because I think it I think it might be. And of course, the the same day I tweet that, the Cardinals go out and get goosed by Vince Velasquez. I can't control that. But I do think that this is a lineup that over the long haul is going to produce runs. I think starting pitching, you can see a path toward it leveling out. We've already seen it happen again with 40% of them. Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, they've both been pretty good. You look at their season-long numbers, even with a, a little bit of a rough go at the beginning, the numbers are there for both of them, honestly. That's 40% of your rotation. Matts has to be better. Woodford has to be better. Although, does he really? Because Wainwright can take his spot pretty soon, we think. And then it'll be a matter of, okay, is Wainwright up to the task? Is he ready to go? And then there's Miles Michaelis, which, yeah, he has to be better too. He's arguably been their worst starter so far through three turns in his case. ERA over 10, but he's going to be part of the rotation. I think it's been some isolated incidents that have that have come up to haunt him, and I think he'll be better. So I'm looking at this team, uh, you know, offensively, I've talked about how I think they can lead the league and run scored pitching-wise. Yeah, the rotation's got to be better. I think some of them have already made that step and we're just not noticing it right away. Like, there's nothing negative to say about what Jordan Montgomery has done the last two outings he's had. Seven shutout innings, and then tonight, six and a third, two runs. You're going to win so many games if you get that from every starter. If you just oscillate between those two kinds of outings, you're going to be winning a ton of baseball games. Cardinals have to put it all together at once. That means the offense, and we've talked about, you know, maybe where some of that has to come from. Contreras is the main one. I don't know that Ollie makes a move to change the lineup just yet, but they do need the production out of the catcher spot that he has not yet been giving. Do I think he's going to get better? He almost would have to. If it's May and we're talking about it still, yeah, keep note. It might be a problem because this dude's on the team for five years. But while I think the honeymoon period has clearly elapsed and Cardinals fans are going, okay, it's great. We liked Wilson Contreras when he was, Talking smack on the Cubs fans back at uh, Jupiter, Florida. But now that the games are going, would be nice to see more from, uh, from him offensively and defensively. Like, I think he needs to step the game up defensively a little bit. Again, it's one play isolated over a course of two weeks. Um, but that was a pass ball in my eyes. Not a wild pitch that happened on the Chris Stratton breaking ball tonight. So, is what it is. They're going to rule it the way they're going to rule it. Uh, I think the Cardinals fans would like to see more out of Wilson Contreras. I don't think that's unfair, but at the same time, I don't think that means you should dog him and say, oh, he sucks. Well, no, he doesn't. He's got a pedigree. He's got a track record. Does that make me a big homer for saying, hey, don't give up on this team after 13 games? I don't know. Clearly, I'm catching flack on Twitter because of it. Let me know in the comments on YouTube, though. What do you think? Let me know in the comments on Spotify. You can do that as well on B-Shape Daily. Let me know what you think. Am I crazy here for thinking that the season's not over? I don't know. Ten years ago, me, trying to think, what year is it, 23? Back in 2013, I was a freshman at Mizzou. I was a Cardinals fan, man. I would I was driving halfway across the state to see Matt Adams homer off of Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. That might have been 14. Nevertheless, I mean, I, I know where you guys are coming from. But 
for better or worse, and I think it's for better, my role has changed. I view this from a different perspective now, and I think it's added a little bit of maturity to my fandom. Now, guys, when it comes to Mizzou Tigers, I am still a fan. Believe me. I do the radio show, KTGR, 4 to 6 p.m. in Columbia, weekdays, Monday through Friday. We talk a lot of Mizzou. When things don't go well, I'm a child. So I know what, I know what it's like to be a fan. It's just a different perspective when it comes to Cardinals baseball. But I think that has afforded me to be able to see it in a way that uh, maybe y'all don't see it right now, which is the fact that we've we've seen this team play 13 games out of 162. They have a very potent lineup. They've got the reigning MVP. They've got the guy that finished third in the MVP vote. They're both still in the prime of their careers. I don't think they're fading into the ether anytime soon. You've got the probable rookie of the year in Jordan Walker. He's going to be in this lineup. You've got Nolan Gorman taking a step forward as a sophomore. Very well could end up being an all-star. You've got talented guys like Edmund and Brendan Donovan that are going to soak up wins above replacement because of their defensive and offensive contributions, and don't forget base running. I mean, around the diamond we go, we can talk about the ways in which this Cardinals team has got a lot going for it. The bullpen is something else that we do need to talk about. The Jordan Hicks thing is becoming an issue. Tonight, when he came into the game, when he did, I said, yep, this is going to be a problem. He is going to give up these runs. Because historically, Jordan Hicks, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but anecdotally, it sure feels right, Jordan Hicks has not been a guy that mixes very effectively with inherited runners. It doesn't go well. Now, people might say, well, Brendan, why would Ali Marmel put him in that spot then if he knows it doesn't go well? I would submit to you, if you're Ali Marmel and you've got the bullpen that you've got, and you say, well, Ryan Hills is a good pitcher. He's my closer. Gio, well, that's my setup, man. Um, you know, I've got all these other guys that have to find roles somewhere. Some of them are going to have to pitch with inherited runners, believe it or not. Some of them are going to have to come into games and do their job. Crazy, I know. But if I'm only normal, this is an opportunity maybe for Jordan Hicks after I have impressed upon him, impressed upon him, impressed upon him. Jordan, you've got to be ready for the first batter of a game. You come in from the bullpen, there is no five pitches to warm up. You don't get to throw four balls and then everything work out fine. And sometimes you might come in with runners on base. So certainly in those cases, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to spot them an extra base runner. Well, what does Jordan Hicks do? Spots him a base runner. Yeah, gets a fly out and it records an out, but it's still a run. Inherited run scores. And he ends up leaving the game after two walks and one out recorded. And then the run gets charged to Montgomery, which actually was fine because my prediction of six and a third with two runs uh, happened because of that. But no, Jordan Hicks, I mean, has got to be better. And I don't know... I, I don't know what role is left for him if he can't come into games when 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 you need him to. Well, late innings doesn't work. He's got to have a ramp-up time, so you don't want to give him the heart of the lineup. Okay, well, in this case, it, yeah. what's the perfect situation? Maybe it's it's not the onus on Ollie Marmel to find the perfect spot for Jordan Hicks to come into. Maybe it's Jordan Hicks figuring it out that you can't just allow automatically the first guy you face in a game to be reaching base a walk or hit it's been pretty automatic and he's he throws 105 not many in baseball do that but you know what i'm not going to say it's uh i'm not going to say that you know the, the velocity works against him because i think that'd be silly but it's also not just like the cure-all to having command issues having other problems you can't just say well 105 or 103 or whatever 101 is going to cover it up 
It's going to cover up my deficiencies with command. It's going to cover up a lack of movement on a pitch that you'd think would should move a whole lot more or my, my ability to put it where I want it. It's not going to cover it up, not in 2023 Major League Baseball. These guys can all hit 100. It's not news to them. They've seen 100. What's 102 versus 100? It's not that big of a difference. If your pitch is not moving, if you're not getting the you know spin rate, all those things that matter, if you're not getting the maximum value on these pitches, you better be commanding the crap out of it. And I, you, there's nobody that can argue that Jordan Hicks has done that. So that's a problem. His ERA is over 10. And tonight he didn't give up any earned runs. He just coughed up one of Montgomery's. Uh, and then Cabby, I'll say this for Cabrera, he came in and, and took Hicks off the hook a little bit with his ability to get out of the seventh inning. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, they kept playing baseball. And uh, the eighth was not as kind to Hennessy's Cabrera. Did have three strikeouts for the game, but if you give up two home runs, that's your ratio. That ain't it. A couple of home runs. And like I said, the, the swing by Castro, maybe that's one that at Bush Stadium, 100 times a year, that exact swing could happen, and maybe two of them leave the ballpark. I don't know how it happened. I'd have to check the exit below and, and you know wind conditions and all of that. It didn't seem off the bat like one that would carry out of the, the ballpark, and it did. Um, but for Cabrera, that was a little bit disappointing because I thought maybe he's rounding into form uh, to be the lefty that they they need him to be, somebody that's reliable in, in those situations, and uh, he goes back-to-back. And then the Stratton run, I guess they called it a wild pitch, so that's an earned run against Chris Stratton. It's crazy to me. Contreras has got to catch that baseball. Like, what's the, what's the level of expectation that we have about these players? That's one where you just catch it. It's it's. I get it. It wasn't a, a pitch that he expected. And a lot of times, I'll say this for the official scorer, if you get crossed up, that's one where they're going to lean toward benefit of the doubt to the catcher because it ain't easy. So maybe he didn't expect that breaking ball in that spot of the strike zone or that part of the plate. And so they get, but I'm just watching the player. He kind of stabs at it. Doesn't really make the full body effort that uh, I feel like you need to make if you don't want to have a pass ball uh, labeled against you. Contreras doesn't care. It You know, it, the difference of a wild pitch and a pass ball, he knows it needed to have been better. But I, I just think all around the Cardinals have to sharpen up a little bit. Been some base running plays been some defensive plays that have not been super sharp. There have been very good ones as well. Um, but tonight, to score zero runs, that's an offensive issue against Velasquez, who I don't consider to be uh, a top-tier, a mid-tier, mediocre-tier pitcher. And uh, he looked great tonight against the Cardinals. There comes a point where you just go, you know what, that's on us. What kind of at-bats at are we taking that's causing him to look maybe better than he is? Um, and, yeah, I'm talking a big game. The Cardinals will probably see Velasquez again. Um, I think the expectation should be that they'll do more damage against him. I'll go back and look. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen if Ali Marmel had thoughts or if the Cardinals as a team had thoughts on why they simply were not able to solve Velasquez tonight. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to totally denigrate a guy and completely make it out to be that, you know, it could have been, it could have been, uh, much better because he stinks. I'm not really trying to go that far, but he's not, he's a guy you can get to, right? Like I'll say the same thing about Urena yesterday, Jose Urena, the Cardinals off. And I did on B shape daily last night, go back on your podcast feed and you can find it. I, I think it's an issue that they only scored three runs against the starting pitcher for the Rockies yesterday. I think they should have done better. Um, luckily they were able to, to get it done against the bullpen, but 
I think they need to be able to tee off on more of these starting pitchers that when you just look on paper at the matchup, see it through to fruition, you'll have a better time. Today, it wasn't even close. It wasn't like they got a couple of runs off of him and then just kind of kind of mailed it in. In score. You get shut out by the Pirates. I don't care what year it is. Uh, you should probably see that as a problem. And maybe the Cardinals do, but I understand their fan base sees it probably more of a problem than the team itself because the team at least can recognize that, hey, it's early. Um, and we'll say it's early. Every podcast that I do for the next month, I might say it's early. There's going to come a part of this summer where it won't be early anymore, and then it'll all come home to roost, and we'll see where they're at. Y'all might think, well, where they're going to be at is about 500 or you know, non-playoff team, and that's fine. You've seen concerning things. You're not willing to give the benefit of the doubt. I will to this point. I've said a lot of negative in tonight's podcast. I do think the Cardinals are going to be okay. I think it needs to start on Friday with Jake Woodford against Johan Oviedo. If, uh, unless that matchup changes, that's what we expect to see. Woodford only has to do so much. You go five innings, give up three runs, that's fine. Cardinals have to score eight. And I think Oviedo is is having a better start to his season than Woodford. Oviedo might have better stuff than Woodford. I don't know. I think it's comparable. Two guys that, you know, were, were quad A guys, uh, number six starters, in the St. Louis organization, one of them's been traded. The other one hasn't. And uh, because of an injury, Woodford's getting his chance now. Very similar buckets, these two pitchers. And the one the Cardinals still have just needs to do enough. And then the one they don't have anymore, the Cardinals need to hit against him. You need to score runs. It's the bottom line. This offense has to be what carries this team. If it's If it doesn't carry this team, they won't win very many games. They're not going to win the division. They're not going to get a wild card. It has to be the offense doing it. The starting pitching can keep them in range. The offense has got to take them over the top. And right now, we're seeing it on some days. We're not seeing it all the days. Is that the end of the world? No. It's hard to do a podcast about a baseball team because when you do it every day the way that I have, and I haven't missed any days, like I don't think all season. So we're going to try to keep that up. Even tonight, I believe me, I almost tweeted it out and said, we all agree we're not going to watch a podcast about this game, right? I don't have to do it. I don't have to, right? Okay, good, good. No, I didn't do that because y'all want to hear about the Cardinals, win, lose, whatever the case may be. We're talking about this team this year. That's what we're doing. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, because we're going to be here for the long haul. But it can be a little bit frustrating to have to do it every day and have the people listening, because I know this is how y'all feel, have the people listening say, this team stinks. Brendan, why don't you completely rain fire in your takes about this team? Well, it's because I don't think that this is a lost cause season. And so I'm not going to say anything that I regret. I'm going to evaluate day to day what they're doing. I think that I think I owe that to you guys. But maybe I also owe it to you to say, hey, let's back up for a moment. Recognize there's a pedigree to this roster. Let's see what it ends up looking like in a few weeks. Let's see in a couple of months what it looks like. Along the way, we can criticize. We can be critical of the things that are going wrong. Let's try to save the sweeping generalizations till we get a little bit further into the season. What does Mike Claiborne always say? Flag day? It's like mid-June. Let's at least get to mid-April, right? Like we're April 14th right now. 1 a.m. going on while I'm talking here. I think there's a ways to go for the Cardinals, but you can't lose this series to the Pirates. You got to win two of the next three. Again, can you? Sure. You could lose it, and then you could go on a run later on and still everything's Everything's great because the baseball season is so long.
But should you lose to the Pirates three out of four this early in the season? You shouldn't. So we'll see what they're able to do. Try to bounce back from it. It's all the Cardinals can try to do at this point. And so they fall to five and eight, five nothing loss. To me, this was the worst loss of the season so far. There will be other bad losses like it when they happen. Try to ground yourself. Recognize it's a long season, but be frustrated in the moment. I hate when people are acting like fans can't be frustrated about things because sometimes it just freaking sucks. It just does. And you know what? Fandom does not always have to be level-headed. And so I'll try to be as level-headed as I can for you guys and then uh, just don't hate me for being a homer because I don't really feel like I am. I feel like I am... I'm just trying to caution you against making a rash generalization about a team that when you look at it on paper, I think is better than the 5-8 and eight record that it's put together so far. But that's why it's great. That's why we love baseball. We can debate these things, and reasonable minds can disagree. So, hey, just be reasonable with me. I'll try to do the same thing and respect you guys as fans, and we'll have a lot of fun this summer. I still think that's going to be the case. Let me know if there's anything you'd like to see from me, hear from me, that I'm not doing yet because – This is y'all's podcast. This is y'all's YouTube, all of it. I want to make it good for Cardinals fans. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here hearing myself talk, and I'm not that interesting. So let me know what you want to see, the type of content, the type of discussion, everything that that goes into that on this channel for YouTube. It's youtube.com slash at bshafer12. Let's get it to 300. Can we do that? That would be wonderful by the end of the weekend. I would love that so much. And uh, Spotify, I'm up to, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you how many, but I did gain a few uh, Spotify followers over the week, and I'd like to get a few more. Spotify's where it's at if you're just going to do it for audio. If you got an iPhone, Apple Podcasts is another great way to follow the show. Give me a follow and a rating review on there. Five stars preferred, but if it's less, I'll understand it. But listen, if you don't give a five-star review, you give a different level of stars, DM me at bshafer12. On Twitter, say, hey, I gave you three stars, and here's why. And I'm going to try to fix it for you because uh, if if I just ignore the feedback from y'all, what am I doing here? Why am I even making this effort? So if it ain't a five-star show, tell me how to make it one at bshafer12 on Twitter. But that is going to do it for this edition of Shape Daily. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Once again, give me your feedback whenever possible. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Give it a like. Give these videos on YouTube a watch. Uh, we'll have some fun this year. Don't worry. 5 nothing loss for the Cardinals, but we'll be back at it. I will be down at Bush Stadium covering Friday night's game, so probably no live video after Friday, but you can expect Saturday morning, bright and early, there will be a podcast up for your listening and watching on YouTube. Pleasure. Thank you guys so much for this. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.